0: Yo, what's up, everybody? This is Adam Olson with the Football and Other Things podcast. All right, so we're going to get into it. It is almost March Madness. March Madness is upon us. The last conference games are being played, and I'm talking about basketball, okay? Uh, But it is relevant because what I am going to do is I am going to introduce the first round of the Premier Conference Championship. Okay, the tournament, the 72 team tournament that I've been talking about, here's how I seeded it. I took a look at the last BCS standings before before the the bowls were actually played. And so that was my one through 25 seeds. And then what I did was I went through and I looked at various uh, rankings and then based on that and then my own knowledge and my own opinion, I seeded one through 72, okay? And the way it's gonna work, okay, are that the following teams, the following seeds, are have been given, okay? And looking at this, seeds 57 through 72, those teams are going to be playing a, quote, play-in game. Technically, it's the first round, but really what they're doing is they're playing to play into the first round, okay? And the, the 1 through 56 seeds those are actually going to be the teams that play in the first round okay all right so like for example Georgia Tech and Colorado are going to be uh, in a play in game and the winner of that game will have the distinct pleasure of playing against Georgia yikes all right so this is the listing of my seeding hate it love it cool either way email me football and other things 1 at gmail.com and let me know what you think about that because I would love to hear what you think about that. I wanna hear if you go, Adam, those are garbage seedings or if you go, Adam, those are pretty good. Debate me either way, at me, dog. I'm here, I'm here, all right? Okay, so here is a look at the seedings, all right? And then the average, the average seeding. And so what this determined, okay, was If we went through it all, based on the season that was just played, again, these are seedings that I took based on teams' records before the bowl season started, based on their records before the bowl. So I didn't, like, the results of what happened to these teams in the national championship game and all the bowls is not factored into it, okay? Because I'm going off of, this is what these teams did during the regular season, okay? And you got to remember The way that I have it right now, there are no conference championship games, okay? You can have a conference champion, but there's no conference championship games. So if two or more teams finish with a tie, okay, then they can be co-champions for the regular season. That's fine. They're not going to have a conference tournament, all right? But they're going to have a national tournament, and they will be seeded, okay? Now, let's real quick take a look at these first round matchups all right so you'll notice there's a couple there's a couple of uh colored games here all right so so take a look all right so we got for example all right and this the, I I misspoke on the last one uh Georgia would play the winner of Nebraska Boston College you can see right up here I said Georgia would play the winner of uh Georgia Tech in Colorado my, my fault my fault but anyway, So Ohio State during the regular season did play Indiana and they beat them. Clemson during the regular season did play Miami and they beat them. Oregon State did not play Florida during the regular season. They actually played them during the bowl season. So for the purposes of this exercise, technically that game was not played. However, as viewers, we saw the game because it was their bowl game, okay? And we already know what the outcome was. Now, here's why it's really important to talk about Oregon State versus Florida. Okay? How many opt-outs did all of these teams have? Okay? I'm not talking about injuries. Injuries are injuries. But players that are injured, if they had a future in the NFL, how many of those injuries – Actually prevented those players from playing in the game versus I'm going ah yeah. I might be able to play it but I really just want to get start getting healthy and training for the combine and so it was like a medical opt out as opposed to simply I'm healthy but I don't want to risk it and I'm going to opt out okay either way it's an opt out but one is a little bit more understandable than the other so the reason why that's important is Florida had a bunch of opt outs okay including Anthony Richardson now Florida finished their season 6-6, six and six, and then they ended up losing, just getting destroyed in their bowl game uh, by Oregon State. But how many guys for Oregon State opted out, and how many guys for Florida opted out? And if, if all the guys that could have played for Florida played for Florida, would that game have been different? I would like to think maybe Oregon State still would have won, but the score probably would have been a lot closer. So that's my point. If you want to talk about the relevance of the regular season and then how it transitions into the postseason, think about how many people who opted out of their team's bowl game, think about how many of those teams would have stayed in. There were no opt-outs, zero opt-outs of the four playoff teams. Zero opt-outs. Zero guys on Georgia, TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State said hey i have a chance to be a high draft pick i'm opting out all those guys played all of them played how about this alabama who was not in the college football playoff which is a rarity for alabama their two best players will anderson and bryce young both played in that game now i think that's a tribute to those guys I think it's a tribute to the culture at Alabama, and I think it's a tribute to Nick Saban, okay? But think about if we had this 72-team tournament, the level of opt-outs that we would get as opposed to we're going and we're playing in the whatever bowl, okay? You notice the playoff teams had no opt-outs. I'll also be interested to see how many opt-outs the teams, once they make the 12-team playoff, starting in the fall of 2024, how many of those teams have opt-outs? I'll bet you it'll be less. I'll bet you it'll be less. I'm not hating on people that opt-out. Everyone's got their reason, and that's fine. I think we can all reference back to when Jalen Smith, who was projected to be a very high draft pick out of Notre Dame, decided to play in the bowl game versus Ohio State, and he blew his knee out and how tragic that was. Or a guy like uh, Marshawn uh, Lattimore, the running back from South Carolina, when he had that gruesome injury, okay? Those are some examples of guys that, had they opted out, wouldn't have gotten hurt. And those guys had bright NFL futures, especially Jalen Smith, who still got drafted. But obviously, his draft stock fell because of that injury, okay? So think about how many of the teams now that think they can actually win this tournament – are going to decrease their opt outs. That's a big deal. All right. So let's look, let's look right out the gate at this tournament. Okay. So Nebraska is going to play Boston College. And then the winner of that has the distinct privilege of playing Georgia in the first round. Now you can tell me based on everything you saw, hey, Adam, Boston College wasn't very good. Neither was Nebraska. Oh, I know. I know. I know they weren't very good. I wonder what would have happened if. A team like Nebraska, who wanted and gave Scott Frost every opportunity, all right, to win. I wonder what a tournament would do to a coaching staff like that, where they go, hey, you know what? Let's just see how he does in the tournament. Let's let this guy finish out the season. Let's let him see how he does in the tournament. And then, and then we got a chance. So a, a coaching staff that's like maybe called a lame gut duck coaching staff because like they know their, their head coach has already been fired in the season or they know they're gonna get fired at the end of the year, but now uh, the administrators at that school are more apt to say, you know what, we still got the tournament at the end of the season. Let's see if these guys can get hot and make a run. Let's see, you know, and then if they don't, okay, move on. Also think about how that would affect the hiring cycle of coaches, if that would slow it down a little bit more. I know that a lot of that has to do with like the early signing day and recruiting and some definitely needs to be done about that. I'm not sure what yet. Uh, my idea is either let kids sign super early, like in in July or eliminate it and go back to February or maybe even March. You got to give these coaches a break though. Okay. And the, the, uh, the early recruiting, uh, the early signing day is killing coaching staffs. It's literally killing those guys, man. Like those guys already work their tails off, and now they got to work even more. Okay, so here's the playoff play in games Nebraska, Boston College. Then we got Iowa State versus Virginia, Arizona State versus Virginia Tech, East Carolina University versus Indiana, West Virginia versus Stanford, Arizona versus Northwestern, Miami versus Vanderbilt, and Georgia Tech versus Colorado look i would love to see those games those are that's that in my mind those are the bottom 16 teams in the in the premier conferences that i created those are the bottom 16. they're still games they're still games i would love to watch them i would love it man i would love to see teams that are probably at a, a on a pretty even footing as far as talent and are concerned to see what those teams do. Cause they're going to be fighting for their lives with the threat of being relegated down into the champions leagues. Okay. So this is good. Now the winners of all those games would then be pitted against the top eight seeds. Okay. And so like, yeah, you're probably not going to get any of those, the winners of those games beating the top eight seeds that that that's highly highly unlikely just like it was highly unlikely that a 16 seed beats the one seed in the ncaa basketball tournament it's happened once dr strange doctor you remember dr strange and in avengers endgame he he holds up that tony stark looks at him and he holds up that finger and he he looks at him and his hair is blowing in some imaginary wind and he gives him the one this is your one in 14 million chance tony stark you got to take those, you got to take the infinity stones from Thanos, man. Your one chance. Hey, your one chance, number 72 seed Colorado. You get a chance at redemption against Utah. Go get them. All you got to do is beat Georgia Tech first. <laughs> all right. So then if you look at all the teams that don't have playing games, okay, there's some really interesting matchups there. Liberty versus Maryland. That's a regionally relevant game. That is a reach that's in the DMV area. And think about Hugh Freeze coaching in that game, okay, when he's still at Liberty against Mike Loxley. What a great looking game that would be! Think about the game right above it Duke versus Kentucky. You got Mike Elko. In his first season, leading Duke to a great season, and you got always dependable Mark Stoops. So you got two defensive minded head coaches just going at it. Ooh, you might not see a touchdown get scored in that game, but that's okay. All right, right above it. What a clash of styles, but things that you love because Sam Hartman is still on this team, okay, going up against a just savage Iowa defense. Now, On the other side of it, you have a very mediocre Wake Forest defense against an absolutely abysmal Iowa offense. So what we would see is a great strength-on-strength game right there. That would be awesome. Next, Illinois versus BYU. Illinois, really, really good on D. Decent on offense. BYU, decent on D. Pretty good on O. So, again, styles make fights, man. Minnesota, Texas Tech. Who would want to see a great game like that? Me, I would. P.J. Fleck versus Joey Maguire. Come on, baby. Those guys might be so juiced up. You could actually put boxing gloves on them, and they could have a boxing match before the game. Next up, Ole Miss versus Syracuse. I mean, okay, so you got Dino Babers, all right, with Robert Anaya's OC against Ole Miss. Ole Miss. And that would be an awesome game. Pitt versus UCF, great clash of styles. There, you have a bunch of NFL caliber players on defense for Pitt against a Gus Malzahn called offense at UCF with with hopefully a healthy John Reese Plumley. North Carolina versus Louisville, mm. who doesn't want to see something like that with with Phil Longo still calling the plays at North Carolina, okay, and uh, Scott Satterfield at Louisville. So you got a great. A quarterback battle right there between Malik Cunningham and, uh, boy, why am I forgetting the name of of the North Carolina quarterback? Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. May? Last name May? Drake May? Yeah. Uh, Purdue versus Oklahoma State. Now, I know Oklahoma State has had a mass exodus in the transfer portal, including losing uh, Spencer Sanders. But see before Purdue loses a guy like Jeff Brom and they get a guy – Uh, and he gets to coach against Mike Gundy. You guys see, I could name off every single one of these games, and they're intriguing. And very few, if any, of these games were already played in the regular season. That's awesome. You have regional relevance. You have regional rivalries. You have out-of-region rivalries. You have teams with storied traditions going at it. I mean, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma? What an awesome game. I'm telling you. This would be a great tournament, a great tournament. And at the end of it, Georgia probably still wins, but Georgia might get matched up against a team like an Ohio State who had every opportunity to beat them and could have beat them, just missed a field goal. And you never know because what happened in the other semi? TCU had two pick sixes, and it was just enough for them to go ahead and beat Michigan and then get drugged by Georgia. Okay, But imagine, imagine if a Tennessee and an Alabama were in that playoff. You might say, well, Adam, a 12-team playoff, they would have made it. You're right. Look, let, let's just say we did a 12-team playoff this past season. These would have been the 12 teams that were in the playoff. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, Clemson, Utah, Kansas State, USC, Penn State, Washington, that would have been great too. I'm not arguing that. I'm happy with that. I think that's awesome. But the 72-team tournament is going to get us places that we just can't get with a four or even 12-team playoff. And I love it. And it's doable. It's doable. You're going to play. it. Let's, let's just say that somehow a team that played a play-in game makes it all the way to the national championship game. Okay? Let's just say that. All right? So what that means is they would play either 18 or 19 games at the most. It's highly unlikely that would happen, but that's at the most what they would play, 18 or 19 games. The NFL regular season is 17 games. If you play in a Texas high school football state championship, you've played 16 games. That's high school kids. It's manageable schedule-wise if you start the college football season one week early, and you end it two weeks later, and you can play every week. You don't have to speed it up and play two games in a week or anything like that. You can even get you can even have one or two bye weeks, okay? Depending, so you might say, okay, the regular season's over. All right, we're going to give everyone one bye week at the end of it, in addition to the bye week that you'll get somewhere uh, during the regular season. Okay, so you get a you get a mid season bye week. Or you know, not necessarily midseason, but in season by week, a postseason by week, and then if you're one of the top uh, 50, if you're one of the top 56 teams, you'll get two bye weeks at the end of the season. Two to heal up and get healthy and everything like that. Guys, this is doable. This is doable. So, so I'm telling you right now. Okay, this is something that is awesome. The 72 team tournament is a real thing. It could work and it'd be great for college football. The first thing you got to do, though, is you got to split these teams up. You got to disperse the teams from the two conferences and you need to create more regional relevance and regional matchups. And that actually, universities, school presidents, and athletic departments will like that because they're not going to feel the same strain of pressure uh, in terms of like travel. Okay. And, and now you can just simply play. You're not concerned about scheduling out for 10, 15 years in advance. You don't have to worry about that. The only thing you really got to worry about is if you're home or away. And really the conferences would just take care of that. So it, it's doable, it's doable and it won't diminish the regular season. It'll create more relevance in the regular season as well. I will die on this hill, at me, at me, okay? at FBAOT1 on Twitter, okay? Email me, footballandotherthings1 at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, Adam Olson, last name is O-L-S-O-N. I'm on YouTube, all right? Football and Other Things Podcast. I'm also on Spotify, and I'm on Apple Podcasts, and I'm on Stitcher. Check us out. I'm telling you, this is something that will work, folks. First-round action coming at you. Let's get some interaction, and let's decide who would win these first-round matchups, and let's let's go on to the second and third rounds, okay? All right. Uh, from the Olsen Family Complex in, Waxahach- in Waxahachie, Texas, uh, I'm Adam Olsen with the Football and Other Things podcast. Mom, Dad, I love you. You did a great job.